0: Okay, so we're recording. Uh good to go. Do we want to do anything better than just the, the traditional uh, hello, <laughs> good morning? <laughs>
1: uh define better. What's better? Uh, I don't know, more
0: enthusiastic, exciting. Actually, I think our openings tend to be fine. It's it's the closings that need work. We ten- we usually are just like, uh so okay, that's enough. Bye.
1: i've i've been cool with that i don't know okay that's we'll just we'll
0: just leave it as is and in fact i'm gonna use this as our opening
1: all right well that works all right uh, this is your cool opening you wanted yeah
0: yeah it was uh on this exciting episode
1: uh so how's it going (laughs) uh it's going what is it the 29th of january um yeah things are okay yeah Uh, uh lots of fun little baby milestones happening so that's that's cool in my uh oh yeah personal life yeah uh just she our daughter's starting to uh string multiple words together making little phrases yeah um we're uh we're doing the dual language thing so she's uh very obviously getting it like um she knows how to say like sit down in both languages so when she's talking to uh my wife, she says it in her language and she's talking to me, she says it in my language. Oh, that's regardless pretty cool. of what yeah, of what language she's talked to in, she gets it. So uh I I'm I'm wondering I, I don't know if that's like uh I mean just if you were just learning English and you learn multiple ways to to say something, right? Oh it's cold, oh it's chilly, right? Yeah. But, um she she definitely seems to like have one set of words that that she says to me, and and one that she says to my wife. So, well, I think um, it's I think it's easier
0: uh, when you're at a young age like that because like the whole uh, conception perception of what language is and stuff is still very abstract. Yeah. So you can just kind of contextualize stuff and realize that this
1: works here, this works there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and I'm. I'm looking forward actually to see how that continues to evolve like as she does start making more phrases and more more I don't know kind of just linking more abstract concepts together into more complex uh phrases and such. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah.
0: interesting cuz we've uh we've thrown the occasional like words at our kid from other languages like I don't know uh, you know, that I was trying to learn Japanese. Um, yeah. So like we got him like Japanese blocks to play with. And so it'll have yeah, like yeah. Uh, animals on it and like all the letters and numbers and stuff. So uh, he can actually count to 10 in Japanese. Um And, and like he's, he's at a point now where he understands counting. He can count to 20 in English and 10 in French oh, wow. as well. And he'll just like start railing off now and then. And, uh, but um, yeah, like neither of us speak consistently anything other than English. So like he's he's learning learn learning words, but not necessarily like speaking grammar wise. Right. Um, yeah. So like he has words that he prefers. Like he always prefers to call an owl an eboo.
1: <laughs> Probably easier to say or more fun. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting because now we've just moved to Montreal, so he's he's gonna have to get thrown into learning more uh, French now. Like if you, if you go to any of like the drop-in centers and stuff, like Montreal is very bilingual, so mm-hmm. you'll have kids that speak French and kids that speak English all in the same little play area. So the the like instructors or whatever have to be using both languages,
1: right? How? Uh, what what's your uh, plan look like there now that you are in montreal i mean i never know with you because it's you 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 don't stay in one place very long <laughs> so if you were if you were guaranteed to be in montreal for 5 years it would probably be an amazing opportunity to uh expose him to french and have him be brought up in French, but if you're just gonna maybe right who knows but maybe move in one or two well uh, I don't know what commitment you're gonna make I mean, we
0: were kind of excited about coming to to, to Quebec for that reason um mm. like um, my french was is foul like i I never put any interest investment into it um, <laughs> it w-
1: it was the uh, it was the cool to. A fail course in high school. Sincerely, it was. Uh, it sincerely I, mean, was I, d- yeah. I
0: don't know if that's a Nova Scotia thing um, it, it <laughs> or just a Canada thing in general outside of Quebec. It seems like Ontario and, and uh, New Brunswick are pretty bilingual. Um, mm. But I, you know, none of my friends appreciated it at all when we had to start taking it. And I don't think my yeah. teacher had a particularly good grasp on the language either. (laughs) And then we moved to, uh, Truro Valley, if you will. Uh, and I was almost put back a grade because my French was so poor. Wow. Seriously. Yeah. I was almost put Mm -hmm. back into grade five simply because the teacher didn't think my French was good enough. So I kind of started paying more attention there because I didn't want to get put back a grade. Uh, and I kind of caught up to other people, but you know, there was the group of people that were interested in it and then when they got into high school they wanted to take french immersion or there were people that weren't interested in it and you know took it till grade 9 and then stopped which was the category i was in
1: yeah yeah i i, I remember it was like it was like I, one of those yardsticks people would use to kind of measure if you were a cool kid or not, like if you participated in French. I, I don't know. It was yeah. really bizarre. Like, I remember... We, we were very anti culture. French. <laughs> we were. It was. It was very much. I I wonder if it continues to be, actually. I remember, like, I mean, I was... We're both in the same boat, I'm sure. Yeah. We were those kids that got the, got the 90s and, and did our yeah. our thing. But uh, French was my, my one mark that was, like... Seriously, like... like 51 or something like just borderline passing all the way through yeah and it brought my grades down and then i think i stopped in grade nine right that was when you were allowed to stop yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah so
0: (laughs) so what's funny about that is you know i had influence from my parents too about it uh my dad wasn't particularly interested in french and so he actually had wanted to be uh, a gym teacher i believe and the thing that kept him from going to school for that was that he had failed French class. And really? so he actually retook the French class trying to get his grades up, and he did worse the second year. <laughs> <around>. <laughs> so, so he, he never uh, n- uh, nurtured my French interest either. Um, right. But yeah, it's uh, so I just had no interest in it whatsoever. And now hmm. that I'm an adult... I've worked in visual effects, and I've had the opportunity to kind of move around, and I've worked f- with people from France, and I've found it kind of embarrassing that I haven't been able to have a conversation because everyone's perception is that Canadians are bilingual, mm-hmm. uh, which is
1: not the case. So I found even even when you go to Western Canada and people f- find out you're from the East Coast, there's that idea yeah. there that everyone over there speaks French. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's especially like now being in the states. It's especially worse that I'm from Eastern Canada. Yeah, like people either have no idea what that even is, <laughs> or they assume that you speak French like all the time. So, yeah, yeah. So it's it's
0: it's. There's been a slight embarrassment now that I've worked with people from France, and I don't know. I feel like because I've lived in the UK and America and Australia, there's this. R- r- memory of me almost getting put back a grade and so I feel like a we should be nurturing Laz to enjoy languages because that's a big part of the world and b if we were to live somewhere else for the first 10 years of his life or something and then come back like he has to know French mm. so we yeah. feel we felt like even if we were to live in Australia or something we would be trying to teach him French so that if he's dropped into that situation, he can survive. Mm. So we were That's kind of embracing that coming to coming to Montreal and and having a chance to force him to be more bilingual
1: than I am. Um, so so how has that changed your plans? Like uh, what what uh, like does that mean you are I guess uh, more committed to perhaps staying in Montreal for the time being or some other French uh, area if you did move. I don't know. Um, you know, we ha- we had looked at it, and my
0: wife's always been interested in going to France, and we were mm. looking at it that uh, you've got X numbers of years that you have available where you could get a working holiday visa and go over there without any sort of an employer sponsor.
1: It used to be until you were thirty. I think, I think
0: it's like thirty three or something, thirty four. I'm mm. not. I'm not sure offhand. But uh, I, we're... we're closely approaching that date where if we want it to do that <laughs> uh, we've got to do it so we, it. we kind of ex- honestly accepted the uh, relocation to Quebec thinking that uh, if nothing else that could be like a, a, a buffer zone where we can come here kind of get comfortable with French and then if we're interested in doing that go over there mm. and, and be thrown okay. into somewhere where English isn't an option right but uh, it's all sorry. or
1: nothing like it would have to be your whole family yeah in in some little town somewhere or or something you know
0: yeah exactly so so we've we thought of that as an option when we came here and honestly we've only been here less than a month right now but we really like montreal um mm. no, so so i don't know it's it's too early to make any sort of exit strategy right now but (laughs) i mean we we've certainly got the option of staying here for at the moment as long as we want so Mm. um yeah i i am abandoning japanese for now just because there's so many hours in a day um yeah and so i i think it makes more sense for me to to be putting effort into learning french right now than it does japanese so um it's Fair? it's it's disappointing to to give up on an interest that you have but that's that's what it comes down to there's only so many hours in a day <laughs> and, Oh, man
1: and something have, uh, like Japanese <laughs> takes years right yeah I have this constant thing where I'm like trying to make these schedules for myself and it's just like there's just not enough awake time to do everything I want to do yeah and and a lot of these things are kind of uh, similar to yourself things I've started in a sense that I don't want to now just Abandoned. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, you know, you either go with the, the wide and shallow or uh, uh, deep dive into just a few. And it's it's really hard for me. I, I really just can't wait to retire and, like, have all this time to do all these things. But then either I'll be broken yeah. and, and tired. I, or you'll have even anyway. more
0: interests and it'll be even more impossible. <laughs> Uh, yeah I mean, just I gather mean interest through a lifetime I mean yeah we I, I've told you a few times how I have like this to-do list that I'm constantly like trying to plan mm. projects and whatnot into and I was actually pretty pretty close on target last year like I, I came up with a bunch of goals and I, I was trying to work towards those uh, and I, I I was trying to be realistic about what can I do in the time that I've got in this year and I think the only thing that I didn't do, that I was planning on doing, was A, finishing writing a will, and B, uh, playing Rocket Birds in Japanese, (laughs) though those were, like, the the only two out of, like, everything I tried to accomplish last year that I just, you know, by the end of the year, I just didn't have time to finish them.
1: Right. Uh, Well, I mean, that's... So, think of how you feel, though. Like, you're crossing things off a list. Yeah. Like, where for me, it's more, like, just generic things yeah. like get better at this or do that yeah. and it's a smaller list of say 10 things so yeah. it just goes in circles <laughs> Not and I don't meaning to sit here and uh, gripe but. yeah well
0: I mean that's the thing is that by having this targeted to-do list I'm, I'm able to both feel happy that I accomplished a lot of things but also feel more depressed and realistic about the goals that I have for the future and like you know getting them done just isn't realistic <laughs> Yeah. Uh unless I drop things like Japanese off my to-do list.
1: Right. Uh right, right. I can say for myself uh I did find Japanese to be an enormous commitment um to get to a level where I wanted to be. Mm. And now I I I don't know. I'm just done with languages like a, a a while ago. Probably like 4 or 5 years ago now I remember I was uh I was considering a move to Montreal. Mm. Um of all places, it's weird to think now. But at the time, I just became uh, quite crazy about learning French. And I was like with the, uh, there was like a, a France, I don't know, group or something um, mm. in Vancouver. And I was part of that. And I was like studying every day. And it was really weird at the time. And I just remember like, it just felt like, like after having spent so much time learning Japanese to, to just be back at that low level with another language mm. as now as an older person. Um, like, I was, I don't know, 29 or whatever, but, you know, I started the Japanese quite early. So, yeah. It just, and I just, I don't know. I just, it was depressing to think it would be another however many years to get to a level that was where I was comfortable. I don't know. I just, like you say, so many hours in a day. I just want to use that time to yeah, do yeah. other things. So, language so is just such a time suck. Right?
0: So, I do have a little bit of perspective on that, though. Um, and, sure. So, A um you do have a slight foundation in french so you're not starting completely from scratch there, there 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 is a foundation to build off of because we we got some in grade school um and that's simple things like knowing the difference between how to say you or i or our group of people or, right. or whatever obviously you still have to learn every fucking gender of an every inanimate object <laughs> in the world <laughs> yeah uh um, brutal. Um, <laughs> but uh secondary to that at least if you were to go to Montreal mm. i haven't needed to speak french a single time that i've been here in the past month um
1: the w- how, uh, how far have you ventured? Like, have you gone to Laval? Have you uh, gone to the more n- French areas? No,
0: I, I haven't ventured very far out of, ever out of Montreal itself yet at all. Um, but so mm. most workplaces that you, you or I would get hired at will speak English. Mm. Almost everyone that's born here is raised bilingual. So if you go to a grocery store or a gas station or uh, anything like that, they're going to speak English. As well as French, right. Um, right? So the only time so far that I've kind of needed it, um, I I parked my rental car at a friend's house overnight because I had to be at our apartment at seven in the morning for to get our internet hooked up. Hmm. And uh, so when I was trying to leave their uh, leave their house, my car got stuck in the ice, and so I <laughs> we, we had like there was like a random person that was passing by that was like trying to help me get out uh, of the ice and he didn't know uh, any English. But right. we were still <laughs> able to like talk to each other enough through like pantomime and stuff that we we were able to figure out what was going on and, and communicate. Mm. So the, and then my third point is just that uh there's like, I forget what organization did it, but there was like a study of like, If you English is your first language, how many hours do you need to spend to be fluent in Japanese or fluent in French or whatever? And like from English to Japanese or uh, like Chinese languages is like the biggest disparity in skills and the most time investment involved. Yes, I have heard this. So I (laughs) I forget exactly how many hours it was that they estimate you need to spend on average to study that and be fluent. But for French, I think it was only something like four hundred hours, which isn't—that's yeah, um, not insignificant, but it's not insurmountable either.
1: Yeah, agree. Uh, I mean, kind of two points. One of them is a, a bit of a bit redundant with another of yours, maybe. But um, I mean, if you've learned an Asian language mm. and then you go back and look at at French yeah. compared to English, they're they're like the same language, yeah. which they, I mean. I look at say Spanish and French, and those to me, just looking at sentences written on like pamphlets and stuff, they look the same. Yeah, like, they're so so similar versus English, which is uh, somewhat different than the two of them, but yeah. in the same family, you know, blah blah blah. So um, there's there's enough similarities though to the point where I, when I was learning French, I was constantly surprised. Yeah, like of course I can't think of an example. Of course, of course yeah, yeah. But there's there's like. There's there's, like there's almost a lot of idiomatic phrases in English that you can translate yeah. as is into French using the same words like that would never work into a completely unrelated yeah, Asian yeah. language, right It just doesn't work, right like say fall in love, yeah, like in another language you might you wouldn't necessarily say, you know like fall down into love, whereas that kind of phrase just happens to be the same across this family of languages yeah, yeah and and the other thing i think is important is especially being in canada um where you just have like french on written down on everything right yeah like, french on your cereal boxes and stuff which is always important to me because i learned better when the language felt real yeah so if i'm like studying like japanese intro it's not around anywhere yeah right? it, just, it feels like i'm i'm memorizing klingon or something it's not like something that feels real until it's I see it applied and I feel it you know French wouldn't you'd never have that problem doing French in Canada yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and that's that's definitely been a hard thing for me because like I mean I can buy Japanese stuff off the internet but there's no practical use for it in my life (laughs) yeah
1: Indeed. Well, French is increasingly so for myself as well, especially coming to the states where I lose that, yeah. that exposure that I just would naturally have gotten. Yeah. And there's no French speakers around me that I'm aware of. Yeah. I'm sure, you know. Yeah. Japanese there, is but more but
0: relevant for you with a, a wife and kid and family. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I I wouldn't. If I were you, I wouldn't be afraid to continue looking at uh, Montreal at least as an option. Because, like I said, I've I, I have only been here a month, but I haven't required French at all. So mm. even if that is a barrier of entry for you, it, it shouldn't be.
1: It's not for me. Uh, I know Kier is kind of yeah meh about it. <laughs> it's more for her that it's a yeah. barrier of entry. Um, I, I would say if I was to go to a, a non-English speaking area and it's, it's not like Japan or something, um, definitely fra- f- the idea of a French-speaking area is is the least uh, intimidating. Yeah,
0: I'd I'd be more hesitant to go to a more rural area, but you know, as a as a programmer mm-hmm. or a game developer or whatever, that's not really an option anyway. Unless yeah. you're
1: going to go indie. <laughs> well, you at one point had talked to me about living in a like a some cabin in the woods of France yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, couldn't tell if you were serious. It was quite a departure from previous things you've been saying, but I, I've learned to uh, the, adjust so to your changing attitudes. So.
0: Yeah, the thing is is that I'm not uh afraid to talk about whatever random thought is in my head. And right. so those thoughts could be extremely unlikely to ever happen. But uh I'm still willing to consider them as a possibility. Right, um, But yeah, uh, I, I guess that goes back to what I was saying though about the, the working holiday visa, right? It's like if we were to do that, I would be interested in taking some time off and just working on a personal project. And if I'm mm. not going to be earning an income, it makes sense to go somewhere that has an extremely low cost of living. Um, yep, that's so, so a rural area would make sense in that situation and, and it would be harder for me, but... You know, if the only time you need to speak French is to go to a grocery store and say, I would like an apple, uh, which you don't even need to say because you just pick up the item yourself and then bring it to the cashier and <laughs> you just say thanks or credit card or no bag. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, if You know, if you're not having conversations with people,
1: you don't need to be
0: fluent in the language.
1: Uh, that would start to, uh, I think, get to you <laughs> over time, though, wouldn't it? or maybe you don't Uh, need it especially if it's just a year yeah
0: I don't know I'm introverted enough that I could get by in a short time frame with it if if I were going somewhere for like the rest of my life obviously I would need to be fluent in it but if I'm going for a year to work on a personal project and not to be distracted by other stuff maybe that would actually be better for me
1: Hmm. I don't know don't know till you try I guess yeah <laughs> There's always Laval, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I it's I'm I'm enjoying Montreal so far. It's uh, uh, supposedly Toronto was is the most multicultural place I've lived, but Montreal feels more culturally diverse. Interesting, and, and maybe it's because so many people are bilingual, like you walk down the street and you hear those two different languages and every now and then you hear people speaking like Hebrew or something. too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think multi- multiculturalism is kind of weird in that way where it just probably as you've experienced like a few dominant cultures is going to feel more interesting than just this yeah. mosaic of people um, just because each cu- culture that does have a bit of dominance there is that much more present in your life yeah like sure it's it's multicultural where I live but it's not like you know there's not like a like three or four official groups that kind of have cultural events and they are aware of each other it's more like yeah. little pockets of of groups that kind of don't really interact so much they're just there you know? yeah
0: and you know Vancouver uh, feels very isolated culturally in my opinion. Um, yeah, there are a lot of white people, and there are a lot of Asian people, uh, yep. and they don't really seem to like interacting with each other. The well, like it, it's a sweeping statement. Of course, it is a sweeping statement. But like, if you go to to Craigslist, for example, you know that's not mm. that's not the uh, cultural high point of the world. But if you go to Craigslist, <laughs> there are tons and tons of people that just are. F- furious about asian people coming into bc and buying up property and <laughs> and you look at uh right. newspaper articles and there's people complaining about like job postings that are in chinese when we're in canada and it should be english or uh there's there's a lot of that there's a lot of unhappiness uh and and so right now there's actually like a bit of a neo nazi movement starting up in bc and I, and i can understand not I can't understand it, but it doesn't surprise me because I can yep. I can see that there's a lot of tension there right now.
1: Well, it's interesting coming from the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, like in my own experience, the East Coast, I would never imply it's not racist there, but it's more of a... An ignorance. An ignorance and it just feels like 50 years behind the rest of the world in a way. I yes. guess, you know, it's just like if you go, if it was 1950 and you were somewhere in the States like kind of what people might think of Asian people where if it was like in the Midwest or something, you know, it's like not necessarily hatred, but maybe a general dismissiveness and a general, you know, lots of assumptions being made kind of, yeah. And and, in ignorance, but in Vancouver, my experience was very like, you know, I I would say, of course, there's a lot of, there's less, there's significantly less ignorance, but a lot more, uh, I guess like abrasiveness between groups was very much my experience i mean i saw i literally in the four years i lived there saw like four or five very surprising like uh com like uh, you know incidents on the street Mm. that were racially charged that i'd never seen before ever in vancouver where people are telling me oh it's this wonderful multicultural area everyone loves each other but you go and i i certainly didn't get that feeling living there i'll say that Mm. and it felt very i guess divided as well in the sense where like I'd have one friend group and then this other friend group and right. the one friend group is quite, I guess, in international? White in the, Oh, okay. well, <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, and then the other friend group was mostly Chinese, but international. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I just, it was weird to see not so much overlap, like just consistently as well was my experience. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. But what I was going to say is that like while Vancouver felt very isolated in that way, uh, like on Montreal, one thing that I find interesting is like you go onto the subreddit from Montreal and there will be posts in English or French and there will be responses in English or French. <laughs> to either. In it's, either yeah. it's like one person will speak French and someone will respond in English and then they'll respond in French. And like you can tell that they're understanding each other. Mm. and I don't know that seems very cool in a way to me um I don't know yeah. if, if maybe I'm interpreting it wrong and they're being stubborn about their languages or something, but <laughs> I don't know that it, it 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 there's there's a lot more uh diverse population here, like coming from Vancouver, where there's almost no black people, you immediately recognize hey, there's black people here and <laughs> uh you Van- know it's yeah. i like Van-
1: it Vancouver was yeah Vancouver was a very um i guess lopsided multiculturalism obviously you go yeah. and it's like there's certain groups that don't have a presence and certain groups that are are very much present compared to other places in Canada and so forth um but uh i don't know Montreal i don't have the same perspective right. as you and i certainly don't have the experience after like a trip or two there but yeah. uh it's the kind of place at least i got the feeling it was the kind of place that i like it's more like it just feels more a tra- traditional city. Yeah, it ish, does. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. Um,
0: it, it, it's definitely uh, more spread out and
1: it it feels larger to me. And and yeah, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I would say too. I wonder. Like, I feel like Vancouver might be more growing pains too. Mm. Like, if if shrinking pains kind of right now. <laughs> oh really? Well young people fleeing pains yeah surrey growth pains well i mean uh, my point is if you look at vancouver of like the 60s or 70s which is going back really far even the 80s i guess it's like it was a very different um place demographically right yeah um like the particularly the the chinese population has just grown exponentially in the last however long right 30 years whereas montreal if you went back to probably even like the 40s 30s twenties, it's probably still a lot of that like half English, half French. Like those two groups have co existed coexisted so long. Mm. There's probably that you don't get that same like well, I, I don't know, but you probably have at least have less of that like this new group is here and they're they're wrecking everything. Oh my God, kind of uh backlash if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah it's commenting uh, on things I'm not a master <laughs> of, not an expert <laughs> of. So. Uh yeah. Um,
0: I don't know. It's it's interesting. Like I, I guess on a v- extremely tangentially, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. Tangentially, tangentially, tangentially related uh, 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 s- subject. I, I watched
1: a movie called Silence last night. Right. Do you know anything about it? Um, I know it was a uh, what's his name, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. His like pet project he wanted to make for years and years and years. Um, oh, I,
0: I didn't even know that much history about it. I knew it was him, and it it takes place in Japan. So, without having seen any trailers or anything, that was what made me. Cozy. <laughs> uh, I
1: I I don't want to throw a negative spin on anything. Maybe you liked it, and that's great. I, I'm I'm kind of bummed out on constant movies about like small groups of white people going to other culture and having their adventure there, kind of themes so well i, I know. Uh, th- I, I think the idea was
0: to bum you out i i'm not i'm not <laughs> oh, really? okay. i'm not 100 percent sure um i think you might enjoy the movie as, oh, really? as someone who's into cinema i think you might enjoy it okay i, I feel like okay. i can't recommend it to the average person okay um and i'm i'm kind of conflicted myself as to what i thought about it interesting um, okay so it's it's interesting because i've ha- been like trying for a long time now to come up with an idea of like anti-heroes as like the main characters of an indie game and stuff and like trying to figure out how to make that work. And I feel like he tried to make that work for this film, but then it kind of yeah. fell flat exactly for that reason. <laughs> oh, really? It's, so it's, like, kind of it's like a Braveheart type movie where I can't tell if I'm supposed to sympathize with the main characters or not because um, it's it's it's...
1: it's I guess about Christian martyrdom in Japan. Right. And is it in a way critical of that kind of missionary work stuff?
0: It doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's more of like, this is what happened, than trying to put a spin on to whether or not it was a good thing. Okay. Um,. And so that's why, I mean that's why I th- I feel like as an emotional film it kind of falls flat but it's still interesting to watch.
1: Interesting. So is it uh, uh like these anti-heroes that's the smaller Christian? Uh, yeah, it's,
0: that, yeah, it's yeah, it's okay. so it's a, it's a tale of um Christianism or Christianity being banned. <laughs> Christianism, in, Christianism. I, I don't. I don't keep up on my <laughs> lingo's. Uh, I so so they they're kind of the, the religion is banned. Uh, right. <clears throat> the, the official religion is Buddhism, and Christianity is banned, and it's like one. Important mentor guy was in Japan and he's disappeared. So his two proteges go looking for him, right? And they just, you know, encounter what it's like to be a banned religion that they're trying to spread, and they kind of the prosecuted minority. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I said, I can't really tell if they're supposed to be viewed as heroes or not because maybe it's just the fact that I'm not. Christian that I don't see them as being heroes but maybe sure. Christians would be like oh man they're doing such the right thing by being there
1: <laughs> you know in that tone of voice even yeah
0: exactly <laughs> with those exact words
1: <laughs> uh, well having not seen the movie and having <laughs> generally having a preference for not getting too deeply into uh yeah yeah. religious religious slash political topics publicly um not a lot i can say yeah uh, other than that it was i mean at the at the highest level just when i did see that it was another story about you know westerners in one of those weird cultures yeah was kind of a meh for me so i don't know um if uh the movie's good if there's other things that would draw it's, me into it's it, it's got it, mixed I might reviews. Try, I think
0: some of the cine- cinematography is good. So I feel like hmm. since you enjoy film, you should
1: give yeah. it a go on Netflix or something. Um, cool, cool. Isn't it like a three hour movie, though? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those can be hard. But they can be <laughs> to, hard. To like fit into my schedule. Yeah, know.
0: which is why I'm not saying go to the theater. <laughs> Got it. Got uh, it. But yeah, you know, someday uh, or some week, give it a view <laughs> if, <laughs> if your schedule allows it. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's interesting and it gives me stuff to think about. It, it wasn't just, uh, you know, like Last Samurai, where a white person goes into the country and is <laughs> the hero. <Yeah. laughs> right. But right. And I say that having enjoyed the Last Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's not the type of story it is.
1: Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's like games for me. I mean, yeah. I just have a list already. Yeah. 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 It, it would be competing for many spots. Yeah.
0: Anyway, there's a, there's um, a, a 36 minute conversation on, uh, not at all what we were
1: intended. <laughs> 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 hey, it happens. Yeah. Uh, shall we touch on, uh, some game related things? Yeah, sure. i. Uh, I guess you've uh just completed a move and have not had a lot of time to game yeah i've correctly. I've
0: played zero video games the past week uh so that that's I guess why it's easier for me to get into a non gaming <laughs> conversation is my I just haven't touched them um fair, i mean unless you enough. can unless you consider the 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 almost finished version of what we're developing at work I've been playing that at work, but I can't talk about that. Mm.
1: <laughs> makes it a little hard to make it a topic huh yes yeah. um well it's it's really weird to uh, be having this conversation when last year was going the other way the whole time yeah, um, not a lot to say for me uh obviously more fantasy fantasy tactics i will say it, it's it's kind of i like i i like the game, but it's it's monotonous, you know, i yeah. mean here I am, having played it for a few weeks, and there's nothing to say, really, it's more of the same um, yeah it it doesn't.
0: It, I remember that game always feeling like it
1: wasn't really building up to anything. <laughs> yeah, which is a big problem, actually. Like I feel like the story just happens, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're given all these missions, and it's very clear that some missions are story missions, and some missions are just, you know, here's some filler. And they feel very different. The filler missions are exactly that. They're easy. They're bland. You just go and do them. Then yeah. it ends and nothing there's not There's not much to even reflect on and then the story missions actually have some challenge I'd almost prefer all the missions or like every single fight i be in mm. have that level of challenge and, and interest but it's always like yeah. having played it you'll remember this I think but it's like you'll have a mission like somebody is, is I don't know uh, ransacking the town and I want you to be here at this time to stop them and then you go and it ends up that that group that was causing all these problems is somehow related to, you know, the, the kind of the, I guess, your main antagonist and they did it for this reason and stuff. And it's like, hmm, every single time this is how the story is fed to me. It's like I'm, I'm just kind of doing something and it, it happens to tie into this yeah. overarching story, which is a, I don't know, it's it's weird. I mean, I can only assume it was intentionally done that way, but it just feels aimless yeah I mean very
0: much that's that's exactly why I preferred the original Final Fantasy tactics is yeah like it seemed like you were always going to the next city or whatever for a specific purpose and uh, the story
1: in that game is interesting yeah and and adult and like yeah th- it is certainly a weak point of this of this game. I mean, I guess I'm again making an assumption a lot of this was intentional, but i I assume it's kind of I think it's just supposed uh, to be light and for kids. Exactly. Well, both of those um, are strong elements. But it's also, I mean, they wanted to do something different. They took Final Fantasy tactics and said, how can we put a spin on this? And I think almost every single element they added that is a spin, so to speak, um, is a detriment to the game. Like, literally every single one, the judges, the fact it's kids (laughs) instead of adults, um, just the way the class system works, etc., etc. But, you know, I can kind of just shrug it off and, and for the most part enjoy the game. It's just long and there's a lot of drudgery involved is my take on it but uh I, my my goal for this year is to always have a portable game going and uh just to sit down and play like a console game going uh, and i'm kind of breaking that in that right now i'm playing two portable games because i'm playing uh girls quest as well right but i'm playing it on i'm playing it on the super game boy so that's my sit down game nice um <laughs> i was gonna play it on a regular game boy but it's i i I actually hear me of all people saying this might be crazy, but it's just intolerable for me honestly
0: <laughs> you know I actually i't I i did not have a super Game boy, but I had the uh, game boy player on Gamecube and
1: oh, yeah. that was how I preferred awesome.
0: to play games like even when I first got my ds like I preferred to get older games on the Gamecube and play it on a TV like i it took me a very long time to be a convert to, like, PC gaming and stuff, because I liked the experience of sitting on a couch across the room from
1: a TV. Yeah, I still cherish that somewhat. Um, I, I don't know, I go for fidelity with gaming, so that's why, like, say, an emulated Super Nintendo game, it just doesn't feel right to me, whereas, like, I can play say, Civilization or, or whatever, the, all these indie games off Steam or whatever, I can play those on the computer, but it's weird for me to, to play a console game. I don't know, I can't really pin down why maybe it's some weird nostalgia like i'm trying to recreate how i played these games growing up or something i don't know i probably there's an element of that but it is very comforting for me anyway to just um yeah just play it in a more of a uh television with couch setting it's more relaxing you know people can come in it's more social yeah um uh of course with super game boy i mean I, i did grow up playing you know the the blocky Old Game Boy, the first Game Boy, so it's not a recreation. It's more of a, (laughs) um, I guess, tolerance thing. Yeah. But uh, I, uh, I actually got some time in on that recently. I, it's a very short game um, compared to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, which is, God, I don't know, an 100 hours or something probably. Um, This one is maybe five or six. So I'm at the second last level now. Uh, I will say, great game. Um, It span, it spawned uh, a series of three games, um, and they're all kind of similar in the way they play. They're all platformers, they have kind of the same mechanics and stuff. And I have played each one, not like to completion, but um, I'm really looking forward to the second and third one. Uh, I have to play everything in order, so that's why I'm playing the first one. Um, <laughs> it is a great game, but it's very, uh, yeah, limited. I mean, it is it is on the Game Boy, and when you've already played two and three, you're, it feels like a step back in time, but yeah, I don't know good 5 hour experience i guess
0: so so just for uh, the sake of uh, explaining uh, tactics advanced if you play just the story it's estimated at 48 hours and if you're a completionist wow. it's expected to be
1: 128 hmm um i'll probably land somewhere <laughs> in between <laughs> i yeah. i think i'll do all, i'll do the missions but i don't know if there's like secrets to unlock and so forth uh, we'll there see. are and i feel like <laughs> I, I remember w- with that game, uh, yeah. With that game, I feel like as soon as I've beaten it, yeah. my m- motivation to play it will fall significantly. So yeah, right now I'm planning to do everything, but I'll if I get an end screen, I might just put it down. Yeah,
0: I think we talked about that the last month about how mm. now that we're so busy with kids and stuff that like while we used to be completionists yeah. as kids, <laughs> it's just not a luxury we want to <laughs> do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, one downside that, there was actually someone who posted on Reddit somewhat recently that they were trying to be a completionist with Tactics Advance, and there's one mission that they weren't able to do because they used an item that they had gotten in another mission that you need to start the last mission.
1: <laughs> I've heard that, actually. If you <laughs> If you don't do things in the right sequence, yeah. then that'll happen. You'll get stuck, unable to complete a mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably right then and there, put the game down and play something else.
0: Yeah. 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 So, uh, I'm still trying to, my, my wife and kid are on vacation right now. So I'm, I'm trying to decide this week whether or I'm going to play a ton of video games or whether I'm going to try to finish up some tutorials that I'd started last year. Uh, mm. probably some combination of the two. So I'll, I'll probably play some more, uh, Dragon Age Origins.
1: Rock on, Rock on. Well, uh I don't think anything's gonna change for me. I've been playing these two games. Oh, 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 one bit of news that's great for me. Um I've actually got Kie playing uh uh Link to the Past with me. Nice. Andrew you didn't care for that. Yeah. Um fair. Uh it's of course one of my favorites from, from times past. Yeah, uh, mine too. I'm yeah, I, I it's been hard getting her to Show any interest in games, so I mean if this ends up being um more of a chore for her, you know that's unfortunate, but at least i'm you know it should be her kind of <laughs> yeah learning a bit about my hobby, so yeah. it's really it's her playing and me i guess mentoring yeah yeah, so that's been interesting
0: yeah we t- i tried playing that on uh on the on this the the game boy player on the on the gamecube. Uh, Link to the past. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, so you had the oh, okay, okay, the
0: four swords uh, version. Uh, yeah, But yeah. We, I tried getting Andrea to play that a couple of years back, and I think we put in like half an hour or so. Like, and she just wasn't feeling it at all. So I, I think that that sort of game just isn't for her. Like she, she likes stuff like Fez or or Escape Goat, where it's it's f- forgiving and kind of
1: puzzly. Right. Uh, low commitment game I'll say yeah yeah that's fair fair
0: anyway uh, I guess that about wraps it up for this exciting edition of uh, the Vagabond Gamecast
1: it's time for one of those endings we're not very good at <laughs> that, that was my, <laughs> my professional ending what are you talking about <laughs> yeah yeah I caught I, I, it felt it felt a, a little better than usual and I had to go and spoil it right? yeah <laughs> yeah all right okay well uh cheers to you sir and until next time yeah catch you later brother